0: Welcome, this is Couples Counseling for Parents, a show about couple relationships, how they work, why they don't, and what you can do to fix what's broken. Here are parents, our dad, Dr. Stephen Mitchell, and our mom, Erin Mitchell. Hello, and thanks for joining us today on Couples Counseling for Parents. I'm Dr. Stephen Mitchell. I'm Erin Mitchell. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how you and your partner can both get your needs met in your parenting partner relationship.
1: This is a big topic.
0: It's a huge topic because I think one of the things that we hear from couples the most or one of the sticking points is they don't feel like the other is meeting their needs and their relationship or something like that.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say that too. I don't think it always comes out just like that, but that is essentially a complaint. Yes. Yes. And so if you think about it, um, I also wouldn't have called it a complaint. I would say that is an experience.
0: Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for the (laughs) (laughs) correcting. Oh no, it's going to be like this. Yeah. Um, It's going to be like this for sure. So like, if you think about it, needs are a part of every human relationship. Um, Your kids have needs, your family has needs, your friends have needs, your coworkers have needs, your partner has needs. But also I think needs kind of within our culture can get, um, it's it's a triggering word because there's also these ideas of don't be needy, make your own way in life, don't trust anyone but yourself, show some independence, grow up, stop whining. Um, all those kinds of phrases or cultural scripts also tell us that we shouldn't have needs or that we shouldn't express them or that we should have needs, but they shouldn't be too strong or too significant. So there's I think this w- confusion.
1: Sorry. Yes, I think there's definitely confusion. I think it's also worth noting, I do think boys and girls are taught these things differently, but I do think ultimately the mm-hmm. message is the same. Yes. Are very, very similar.
0: Um, uh, what would you say in terms of the teach, the for what does it sound like? So for someone who identifies as a girl, like what is the teaching to, to them about needs.
1: I think that generally, and I do not think this is across the board in every single person's experience the same, but I do think largely girls are taught to not be needy and that mm-hmm. their their role is to fill the needs. Um, Meet other people's to, mm-hmm, needs. You are for other people. Mm-hmm. Specifically, you are for men and children. Yeah. Um, let's give girls baby dolls. Let's, you know, like these things of like... Yeah. you're there for someone else.
0: Right, 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 right. Uh, but not
1: but definitely not taught to pay attention to themselves and their own needs. And I do right. think some of these scripts are shifting. Yes. Um, but I think what we are speaking to is the people um who are the parents and it wasn't shifted all the way just yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what about someone who identifies as a boy or a male? Like how I you, see it or what would you see? Well, well, how do you see it and then I'll say how I see it i guess
1: well i think that the way i think boys are told and that they are absolutely allowed to have needs um that they're allowed to express Mm -hmm. them and have them um and again i will speak to my own bias i'm trying very hard not to but i i have a brother so i'm speaking at least a little bit to my experience of like what i felt like it was like for me and my brother yeah but i'm also trying to think of like just being in like the schoolyard and Mm -hmm. then messages globally yes Mm -hmm. um But yes, I I think my brother, boys, little boys were allowed to have needs. But I do think their emotions were supposed to be expressed differently, if at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I think while maybe girls felt or were told they're allowed to have emotions, they aren't allowed to have needs. Vice versa. I think boys are absolutely allowed to like, I need a sandwich. Well, he's just a boy. He's got to run that energy out. He needs space. He needs that bigger bedroom upstairs. Thanks a lot. That, was that personal? <laughs>
0: yeah. It sounds like you didn't get the, <clears throat> no, the I didn't get larger that. bedroom. I didn't right? get that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but like that emotional piece, but there's a very restricted mm-hmm. uh, what is allowed for a boy. Like to don't express. show emotions. So, so, don't cry so I think that's an interesting. Boys don't cry.
0: Yeah. I think that's a very interesting distinction. I, I maybe wouldn't have thought about the distinction between like emotions and needs. Um, But I, it makes sense because I think emotionally, like when I think about myself, you know, identifying as a male, like my experience was don't really have emotions, be tough. Um, You know, that kind of uh, machismo kind of type thing um, that, that can come out. Um, And then when it comes to, yeah, having needs, I don't, you know, if I needed something or like, yeah, I, I don't think there was a barrier there. I do think that there's kind of this idea that um, men can take, you know, if you've got something and you want something, you go, go take it, go get it. Right. Um, and, you know, that can come out in all kinds of really horrible, yeah, horrible, horrible ways. And so, uh, so I do think that there, there, and the reason we're having this discussion about needs and, and why we're kind of at this place is because when it comes to having having needs and and seeking to get your needs met. I I do think that there's this larger kind of meta place of trying to even understand how you relate to needs and, and what that means to you in, in your life. And so one of those things is understanding what are some of the cultural scripts that have influenced how you feel or think about needs. And then there's this other level, um, about like, what did your caregiving experience as a you know, kid um, teach you about needs and how you think about them and how you relate to them. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about a, a little bit more pointedly today is, is about that caregiving experience and how it shaped the way you think and feel about needs, because that directly influences how you and your partner are talking about needs in your relationship.
1: Yes, and I think what can be lost so often in not knowing that um, mm-hmm. is we assume our partner has a similar
0: experience. Experience. Or, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I know that you and I, I mean, we we both know we have very different stories, um, you right. know, Families we grew up in, all of those. But things. I think
0: you should feel about needs the way I do. Yes, and, and you, you think, expect that I would. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean,
1: it didn't even come out that we felt very differently about this for a <laughs> That's long so time. True. Like, wait a minute.
0: Lots like, of tough conversations um, could have been avoided probably.
1: Agreed. Yes. Yeah. If you just sort of do – I love the meta word. You know, like take a step back, like look at this and share that yeah. um, one with the other because you are being impacted by it, both of you.
0: Most certainly. So, so what we thought we would do is we would use ourselves in a sense today as the case example to have this conversation because I think um, – inherently, like when it comes to needs and how you communicate Kate about needs, I think that there would be this experience where um, your needs are me- are meant to be felt, they're meant to be acknowledged, and then they're meant to be met if they can be met. Like that's kind of how a need um, gets expressed in, in kind of a healthy way uh, for for needs to be addressed. But that doesn't, but when there's difficulty in a partnered relationship around that, it, it's oftentimes because you're feeling like either you can't feel your need or you can't acknowledge it or that it can't be met. It, it's kind of a compilation of all those things.
1: Yes. Um, uh, and, I, and I think I have f- so many thoughts. I think I'm going to try to slow them all down. Um, but I do think one of the things like, yes, that is ideally how they would work, that you would you would feel not only that you're allowed to feel your feelings, Right, um, and acknowledge that you even have them, and ex- well,
0: and so right there though, there's a connection between feelings and need. Like, so there, it, it's not just this hard line. There's needs and there's emotions um, or feelings. Yes, um, they they do because a little earlier you had made that made that distinction, right? And now
1: I'm reclouding them, right, 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 right.
0: right, right. So so it, just to acknowledge that it it is a little cloudy. Um, I think, and that's what makes this conversation a little bit, um, challenging. I think,
1: I think if we were going to try to, I I remember I had a professor in graduate school who would talk about like trying to name something like the moment Uh you've done it, you've already, it's like extinct. Like you're, so it's, this is already a little bit off because we're trying to name sort of an unnameable things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think just to give some parameters, um, I think, and this is the way I understand it, Stephen, you can say how you do, that our emotions are sort of the cues that there is a need. Like the the emotion is the thing that we well
0: stated. Do yeah. you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I think that's um, great. Though. So
1: sometimes we stop at just like I'm having an emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just like I'm having a need. Mm-hmm. And we don't always know
0: but they are related.
1: They are related, and almost—it's mm-hmm. almost hard to, you know, um, to tease them apart. To for tease sure. them apart, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yes, I, I do think it's not just about feeling allowed to have feelings and needs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also the space. I mean, I, th- I yeah. think that shifts also drastically once you enter the parenting universe. That hopefully, ideally, that in your couple relationship before kids existed, there was some exchange and you felt like oh this is going to be a relationship where i'm going to get my needs met right where i'm going to be able to Mm -hmm. express myself and feel felt and be seen and um be able to see you and know you in a way that you've never known and we're going to be great for each other
0: and it's going to be yeah we're going to fill all each other's gaps yeah basically
1: Mm -hmm. um heal all those wounds yeah and then it doesn't happen
0: well it and so it, it, if I were to think or it gets about it, like, th- right, this is how it shakes out for, for us. So, so if I were to think like kind of on that meta level of like what happened in terms of how I think about needs, feelings, you know, all these kinds of things, um, I would say, you know, I had a caregiving experience where I felt that my caregivers needs, stresses, experiences, whatever they might be, were more important than my own. And not only were they more important than my own, but I was part of the solution to helping things feel better for them. So what that meant for me was that I noticed that I, I shouldn't pay attention to to anything that I needed or felt or wanted. Um, that I should keep those things to to myself. And then also this, this unique feature of, and I should turn off that part of me that had any desire for someone to meet my needs. Um, that I should, I should rely solely on myself to solve any need, problem, anything that um, was important to me. And so what that meant is that needs can feel really threatening to me. So like if I have a need, what what it can do is create anxiety within me personally because I'm like, I've got to fix this. I've got I've got an I've got to, though,
1: Stephen. Like what mm-hmm. kind of a need are you, like would you be having? So we have three kids, uh-huh. we've been married 14 years, yeah. we've been in a relationship. Like, what's an example of a need? Like, I need dinner? No, you, okay. no, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no.
0: Some something like, um, let's say I'm feeling uh discouraged, or let's say yeah. I'm feeling down about something.
1: Okay. So that's the feeling. That's the feeling. There's some sadness. Right. There's some right. discouragement. That's, mm-hmm. And
0: that's the cue to the need being uh to have comfort, to, to have that that feeling of someone seeing that and responding to it in a caring way. The proximity of someone drawing close and being like, you know, hey, are you, you know, are you are you okay? Tell me about it. Oh, that feels tough. Like that kind of support is is the need. And And so, go ahead.
1: go ahead. Well, I'm going to let you finish. But I do think that, try to help me remember to come back to that.
0: Sure, sure. So so the experience of feeling that, feeling the feeling and kind of knowing what the need is, for me, that creates a bunch of anxiety because I instantly am like, well, I don't want to tell anyone that that's the, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm just going to keep that to myself. I'm just going to push through. It, you know, I don't need to, um, I don't need to pay too much attention to that, whatever it might be. And so for me to, in a sense, withhold that from you, to not express, hey, I'm feeling a little discouraged. Hey, I feel like I just need some encouragement and some support, like to voice that to you is something that that feels threatening, right? So that, so that's how a need can feel threatening to me and how I relate to the need of, you know what, I'm just going to fix it and solve it on my own. And then how that translates into our relationship Is I think that's how you should feel about needs too. You shouldn't really need anything from me. You should be able to handle your own needs on your own. Sure. And so
1: that's one of the ways. That's one of the ways. Yeah. I'm just there's there are a few.
0: Yeah. And then so if you express a need, you know, then my response oftentimes is, or can be, it can feel cold and you know distant. Like, well, that's not. I mean, you should do something about that. You know, like that kind of thing.
1: He's never actually said that quote. I have gotten the feeling, but yes, what I was going to say though is yes, I think that makes a ton of sense. But I do think even what you were able to just do, which was walk yourself through, if I'm feeling sad and or discouraged, what the need behind that is, and I think that comes from decades of therapy.
0: Yeah, it comes. It comes from um, being intentional about reflecting. On self and working, and that could be in therapy. That could be uh, kind of just journaling. I mean, there's there's many avenues to do yes, that. I'm sorry, yes, I'm sorry, I get yeah. what
1: you're saying. That there, you don't only. That is the way you came to that knowledge.
0: It, that is, yeah.
1: But yes, it's not the only way. One also
0: went and studied all this stuff in come. some ways to try and help myself. Probably certainly,
1: no yeah. question. But I do think that that is a step that a lot of people are missing because I think. Um, to be perfectly honest, I do think it is more oftentimes women than men who say, "I'm I have all of these feelings. I'm mm-hmm. so expressive. My my partner, which can be m- male or female, honestly, but it, um, that part is less relevant. My partner doesn't have access. They don't have any emotions. They're right, um, right. But it doesn't always mean that the person saying, "I have all these emotions," has any access to what's behind them. Right. Um, just because you.
0: Yeah, so so maybe you explain a little bit, like, what do needs look like? Because I think that that's part of how you might describe your relationship yes, with needs. Yes, and, right?
1: and I do think, and I'm, I'm not even trying to be unkind in that statement. I think that that is culturally trained. I think we are trained, like, of, of course you have emotions. It's okay to have emotions. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but don't know what that's about. Don't
1: have any idea what that's about or, right. like, any access to being able to help yourself. Right.
0: You can just blame it. Oh, well, that's just the way, you know uh, women are, or that's just the way, you know, yeah, it, it, it's not, it, it, it's encouraged, um, sort of lack of reflection and lack of, yes, uh, sort of that idea of like learned
1: helplessness even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, yes, of course you have emotions, but like trying to understand them or know where they come from or what it might mean or what you might be trying to express in it still falls flat right. a lot of the time. I think, um, what were you, you
0: well, were- so, so I was thinking like for yourself, like how would you? How would you? <laughs> Even explain that. I'm like, your, what did you
1: ask me to say? Yeah, you, yeah, oh, yeah How would you me.
0: explain your relationship with that that idea of needs?
1: Well, i I don't think mine is as succinct, so you might need to help me get to what you're what you think is important in that. Um, but I think my mom definitely. My parents were divorced. Um, they had a pretty volatile relationship. My dad was um, later diagnosed with bipolar, but was undiagnosed my entire childhood and was really unpredictable. Um, and I, my mom had this very healthy relationship with emotions and trying to help us understand things, but mm-hmm. I also spent at least 40% of my time with a with dad, dad who yeah. was unpredictable, right. had an undiagnosed mental dis disorder, uh, mental illness and was self-medicating with prescription pain pills. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was confusing at best. And I think that I was allowed to express emotion and I wanted to, At my mom's house, but at my dad's house, they felt entirely unsafe. It was going to go nowhere and fall on deaf ears. So I just spent a lot of time like, I feel nothing. You mean nothing to me. This Mm. isn't hard for me. I don't
0: have needs.
1: I don't have needs. I don't have wants. I don't even have emotions. I I tried really hard to. I was like this idea of stone cold.
0: But yes, but I think how it works, worked out for you. And we were talking about this a little earlier. That's what you wanted to have. That's what
1: I wanted to be true for sure.
0: But I think also you, you did have needs that you did try to express. Like it was kind of this put like push, pull like back and forth a little bit. Like I don't have any needs um, to express. And then like, Oh, I do have, needs and strong emotions that I want you to like acknowledge and engage with, because I think that kind of showed the dichotomy of you couldn't do that with your dad, you could do it with your mom. And it was kind of like a little confusing.
1: Very confusing. It was also confusing just with my dad right? um, because I also didn't want to be pushed around. Right. Um, I I felt like he pushed my mom around and Mm. I was never going to be like that. Um, But yeah, I didn't feel... Um, it didn't make sense. I didn't understand. And I mean, honestly, it just didn't make sense. Right. And
0: so, and so kind of couple that with the cultural scripts of like, you don't like, of course it's hard. Yeah. Well, and also like you're here to meet other people's needs anyway, not your own. There would be that kind of disconnection where, where you might feel strong emotion, but not really know what it's about. It kind of it seems like it took shape for you there in some ways, at least.
1: Right, and honestly, I think these are some of those things. Like, I I don't think that there was a perfect solution to that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any exact way to make that situation better, except with you know my dad having some help and some right. medication that right, right. was for him. But um, but yes, I think how that translates in our relationship is I don't always know why right. I'm feeling what I'm feeling. I'm right. just feeling something, and I'm pretty sure. And mad about it,
0: right? Right. That yeah. There's I'm, something I'm that frustrated. maybe I missed or didn't do, or you, know, or I don't even
1: know. Yeah, right. but it's frustrating. Right.
0: And so, and so, if you notice, like, kind of what we're talking about here is like to even to even talk about needs in our relationship, and you know, everyone has again their unique experience of how they think about and relate to needs. But you know, we're we're trying to use ourselves in some ways as an example here. Um, so for myself, you know. First of all, there's that step of you you have to do something to try and understand your relationship to your needs, your attachment, your caregiving experiences, and how that shapes your you how you relate to your needs. You you, you have to do something like that. So that's with either therapy, that's um, you know, getting educated about it, that's mm-hmm. um listening to, you know, people like you know us who talk about it, what whatever it might be, you you need to do something individually to to try and do that. And then I think on the 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 second level so like for Aaron and I I think you have to think about what I would say is opposite action and and what I mean by that is for me where I get hung up with needs is in expressing them and and bringing them to Aaron and saying I need something um, and trusting that she might respond to them because my belief, my my experience was if I had a need, it wasn't going to be responded to or it was going to be overwhelmed by someone else's. So don't even do that i and, think
1: I think this is an important piece to uh-huh. note, though. So but some of the ways that Stephen has expressed, so he said earlier, sadness and discouragement is he can present to me as moody.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the word
1: I give it. Where I'm looking at him, I'm like, gosh, he's so moody. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and I and I don't know to identify like he's sad or discouraged. It sure. just seems like he's kind of cranky. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. or a little yeah. bit angry, or yeah. like ups- disappointed in his right. life. Right. Um, but <laughs> um, but it doesn't feel like an invitation to me. Right. In, right. In fact, and, that, and
0: that's and that's why that's the opposite action where I where I have to do is I have to in invite, like I have to share, I have to express, I have a need here. This is something that I I do want um, and something that maybe I want from you. Um, and, you know, can we talk about that? And then I think in, in, if I understand our relationship uh, and, <laughs> and what you're just saying too, I think for you, Aaron, part of the opposite action is locating what the need is in general. So, so like, so mine is a little bit more of an external move towards you, whereas But your what I was going to actually- say
1: before we move on to me all the way, but is my me knowing that about you. Mm-hmm. Now i because I have made you believe, I have I have absolutely reinforced that idea. Like if you are trying to express your emotions, I'm gonna call you moody.
0: Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You're yeah. being
1: moody. Like, right. why are you sure. so grumpy? Like, sure. you know, like, we're, we've been waiting for you all day and now right. you show up and you're right. just in a bad mood. Like, thanks well, there's a, a more
0: effective way to, uh, you know. But, I've, but I have it.
1: reinforced what I'm trying to say is there is some undoing of like, I can see how I've continued to make you sure. feel like I don't want sure. your emotions. And yeah, yeah. I do. Like, I didn't know that's what was going on. Like, I would never have done that on purpose. Right. You but can like,
0: be compassionate. You yes. can find compassion. Well, and I can you know. be,
1: I can own my own reaction to that. That right. um, wounded place in you, is
0: right. what I'm saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, and then, sorry, yes. Yeah, and then and then I think for you, like what you're kind of saying is part of what you have to do is n- notice that there's emotion, but also kind of try to connect it to what the need is. Yes, my job and con- is like- And then mm-hmm. communicate that.
1: Yes, but not yet. I cannot communicate just the big feeling until I have some sense within myself mm-hmm. of what is happening for me. Um, right. A little more stability in self before I say, I'm having a big feeling and I don't know what it's about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, and so I think- I, and, and, Before and th- it comes at you, and, I guess. And I think this is what, you know, this is kind of a, you know, I, we were talking about this and I said, you know what, we're going to have a little bit more of a, a free flowing kind of winding conversation about this. Um, because I, I do think that this is a hard conversation. It's hard to kind of like just formulaically say, do this, do that, you know, and then Ta-da. But I, but I think the big idea is if you and your partner are struggling feeling like your needs are being met in your parenting partner relationship, I think part of the work is to you have to think about how you relate to needs in general within yourself and how your partner does and and kind of like communicate about, like, talk about it. Like, what do you see happening? What, what do I see happening? Like, how does it feel for you? Well, this is how it feels for me. Like, and, and in a sense, do some investigative work to try and understand how, how is it that it's come to feel this way between us that we, we can't meet each other's needs because rather than kind of going to the, um, Place of just being like you don't care about me, I don't care about you. You're not giving me what I want. I'm not giving you what you want. Like
1: well, that's those the angry are. Place. I do yeah. think there's a the other side that I think I hear at least is that like I actually think they even want to, but they're never gonna get me. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe this is just my lot in life that like no sure. one's ever it, gonna. It's
0: hard to be vulnerable to talk about this. Right. Most certainly. Uh, but, well, but especially
1: when it feels like you have over and over, yeah. but like, if I, I love what you just said about how you relate to your emotions and needs, because I think that is the first step. Mm. Like you said, there isn't actually a step. I do think the first step is what is your relationship to having needs? What is your relationship to having emotions? Yeah.
0: Because my, and what are the
1: stories that inform that
0: my reaction to Aaron's needs is fundamentally located in my story about how I relate to needs and feelings. Absolutely. It, it has really nothing to do with And that with is the
1: noise between us until right. we know it.
0: Right. And so the way you react to your partner's expression of needs or not expressing needs or whatever it might be is fundamentally located in your story of, of needs um, yes. and feelings, not your, not your partner's. And so th- that is the place to start. To start. And that, yeah, to, that's to try where and you understand. find access. hmm um, and so, you know, again, the, it, this does take some self-reflection, but I do think that being able to, to do that and, and locate um, your story, your partner's story, it really can shift this conversation away from like kind of the anger um, and then also just the hurt uh, and the fear of being vulnerable um, because it... Um,
1: well, it gives you something new to practice yeah. you, it, because what you've been practicing all along is repeating your old story. Right. And, exactly. And yeah. and this, while it's not going to fix it the first time, um, it, you do get to begin practicing. I think, yeah. I think you're trying to express something right now. Yeah. I don't really understand what it is, but I'm, I'm here for it. Like I want to be, I want to know, uh, Yes. let's I, practice this.
0: I, I like that because I really do feel like it, if, if I think about our relationship, you know, obviously the hope is that this continues to grow. But I do think that we both have fundamentally changed how we relate to our needs and our feelings associated with those needs because of trying to work it out in a different way um, as a couple. Like we've, we have provided, you have provided me with a different opportunity and a different experience when it comes to needs and feelings. And hopefully I I have done the same for you. Um, and, and they can, sh- it can really shift an old story. Um, it doesn't have to be the same old story between um, you and your partner when it comes to having your needs met. Today's show was produced by Aaron and Steven Mitchell. If you're enjoying the podcast, please hit the follow button and leave us a rating. This helps our content become more visible to others who might enjoy it. And it lets us know how we can keep improving the show. And as always, we're grateful for you listening. Thanks so much for being with us here today on Couples Counseling for Parents. And remember, working on a healthy couple relationship is good parenting.